All right, I want to welcome on my next guest. We have Mark Zuckerman, national speed writer for MassinSports.com. Mark, when is baseball coming back? <laughs> I wish I had a good answer for you, Zach. I think that everyone hopes that we have a regular season that begins in early July. I think that's where they're planning at the moment. But as we've seen throughout this uh, these last couple months, a lot can change in a very short amount of time. So I think they understood that in order to play by July, they need to get the process started now. That's why they're trying to negotiate with the players. They're, they're trying to figure out all the contingencies of how they would pull this off. And then if they get the green light, if all the government officials, health officials say it's okay, um, I think the hope is that you'd see maybe a three-week spring training starting in the middle of June, and then hopefully some baseball that starts in July. And if they can do that, and, and if there's no disruptions along the way, uh, I think they're looking at maybe an 81-82 game season, and, and it's not ideal, but it's better than nothing. And I think that's the feeling among everyone right now is they do not want to have to lose an entire season. So back in March, when they when they agreed on the sort of the prorated salaries, was that assuming they'd be playing a lot more games than they, they think they are now? I'm not sure if they knew how many games they'd be playing. I, I think they were hoping for more. Obviously, yeah. I, I think that 80 to 82 is sort of the bare minimum. Yeah. If they can't do at least that, you know, what's half of a normal season, I'm not sure that everybody feels like that's worth it or that's a real yeah. representative season. So, yeah, I think they would have ideally liked to have 100 or even 120. But, no, I think that the way that agreement worked at the time, I think both sides were good with it. But I think here's where the disagreement comes in. The owners in MLB are trying to say that that agreement left open the possibility of renegotiation if – they knew they weren't going to have fans in the stands because that's a huge source yeah. of revenue okay. that they won't have. The players are saying, no, hang on. We signed that agreement. you got to stick to it. And I think that's where the hangup is. Hopefully these two sides can find some common ground in there somewhere because I'm not taking sides in this. In the end, if the health and safety, uh, if everything else is taken care of and they are actually able to play a season, if it doesn't happen because these two sides were fighting over money, yeah, that's, that's not going to sit well with a lot of people. So yeah. they need to find some kind of common ground there. And I think, th I think they all understand that too. They know what a bad look it would be if they can't get that done. Uh, and, and that has long lasting ramifications even beyond this year. That's something that could hurt yeah. baseball well into the future. So I hope fingers crossed that they are able yeah. to resolve that issue before they start out. What do you think is a fair middle ground where the owners are giving some of the players one and vice versa? Yeah, I'm not good enough with the numbers to know, like, you know, should it be 40%, 45%, yeah. 5%? I, I don't know. And part of the problem here is that uh, the players are saying, well, then owners, you got to open up your books and we need yeah. to see. And they won't do that. No, no, and no. the owners are not going to do that because that opens themselves up to all kinds of other stuff. So, um, you know, maybe the answer here is, uh, you know, to stick with the prorated uh, portion, you know, minus a certain amount, but then maybe the owners can give the players something that helps them down the road. You know, even before any of this happened, we were gearing up for a labor fight yeah. uh, a year from now when the, the CBA is up in 2021. So maybe they can kind of start to work on something now, or maybe the two sides can help each other out with something that maybe they'd be looking for in that next CBA to resolve some of these issues. Um, but, you know, obviously everybody involved is going to lose money from this when you're playing only half a season and there's no fans in the stands yeah you're going to lose money and it's just a matter of trying to figure out what's the fairest way to figure out who loses the most and the thing i hope that they all take into consideration 
And again, not that we should be asking these guys to take far less than they oh, yeah. They're the ones putting themselves at risk. Yeah. But the less baseball there is, especially without fans, there are so many other people that are around the sport yep. that get hurt by this financially a lot worse yep. than the players will yep. be. All the team employees, all the uh, TV network people, yep. uh, the, the, the broadcast, you know, the, the crews that cover yep. these games and haven't yep. been able to do so. Yep. Um, you know, the groundskeepers, yep. the stadium workers, there's, there's so many people involved in that that are really going to be hurt if there's no baseball. And, and even if there is, they're going to be hurt because they're not making nearly as much as they would have. So I hope that um, the owners and players think about all that as they, you know, find, try to find some common ground here. Were you surprised to hear guys like Blake Snell, Bryce Harper, and Nolan Arenado speaking out rather than some of the guys that aren't making significantly that much money? Um, no, because I think the way that baseball is structured, unfortunately, probably all of professional sports are structured. The big money guys yeah. probably feel more security and, and can get out and speak. And the lesser guys who maybe don't have the uh, experience or don't have the big bucks yet yeah. are probably more afraid to speak out. And, Interesting. And, and here's another part of all this that I've been trying to tell people too. We tend to think of the players as this one entity and they're not. This is 1,200 individuals and they're all at different stages of their career. They all come from different backgrounds. They all have different priorities. You know, the, the priorities of a 32-year-old who's already made his big money and he's got a family at home that he's worried about, it's going to be far different than the 27-year-old yeah. who's just making a name for himself and trying to get a big contract. Yeah. And that can be completely different from the guy who is trying to hang on and hopes to make the big leagues, but doesn't even know if he's going to be in the big leagues this year. So how they find consensus from all that, I don't know. But I hope that we hear from all of them, and I hope that they – ultimately represent what the majority of all of those players feel um, because just a handful of guys, especially the big money guys are not really representative of most players. I think mo the, the vast majority of players, number one, really want to play. Yeah. And number two, understand that they're going to have to be concessions made. This is not going to be a typical season by any stretch of the imagination and that it's not worth blowing all up uh, over those money issues. Do you think that there will be a, a fair number of players that regardless of what happens based on either their pre-existing conditions or of their loved ones that just say, I'm not playing this year? Well, yeah, that's the other issue here. And, and you heard Rob Manfred say that they aren't going to force anyone to play if they don't want to. Now, he didn't get into the details of, do you still get paid? There's no, you no choose way. Not to get play, no not to play. And I'm assuming that the answer to that would be no. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I don't think the players are as much worried about their own health and safety. There are some who do yeah. have some existing condition, you know, Carlos Carrasco missed time last year because yeah. of cancer that yeah. puts him obviously more at risk. There are some guys who play with diabetes yeah. uh, and other things. So there's that. I think the concern is more about their family members. Uh, and, you know, if this happens where they are playing in their normal, you know, home cities and then traveling a limited amount to, to only their part of the country, you're still exposing yourself yeah. to a lot of others. And then you're coming home at the end of the night to yeah. your family. So I think those are the biggest concerns they have. And, you know, the ones who do have families, I'm sure we need to take into consideration what the wives feel about this. Because I know Sean Doolittle's wife is one of them that does have pre-existing conditions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, uh, you know, you hope again that all of them are taking consideration and you, you don't want any player to feel pressure yeah. to have to just go along with the group. If there's anyone for any reason that feels like this is not worth doing, then they need to have the right to be able to say, no, I'm not comfortable doing that.
Yeah, and then like guys like Trout, whose wives are expecting, that's a whole other thing. Like out of 1,200 guys, imagine how many guys are expecting their children in the next few months. That's probably a fair number. Right. So. Ryan Zimmerman's wife is supposed to give birth yeah. here in June. And, and he even raised the good point that uh, let's say he goes off and starts playing with them. And then he gets called home because his wife is going into labor. He has the baby. Typically, paternity leave is three days. Okay. Well, are they going to have to do a two-week quarantine yep. if that happens? Uh, you know, what's the protocol for that? And then the really big question, I know it's on everybody's mind, is what happens when? And I say when, not if, because I think everyone understands it that it's probably going to happen. When somebody tests positive, yep. do they shut everything down? Do they just set that one person aside? Do they set that team aside? Uh, how do you do this? And, and this is where baseball is in a really precarious position. In all likelihood, if they play, they're going to be first up before any of the other sports. Yes. And they're going to be the guinea pigs for this. And that could be a great benefit to them if it works. But it's also a huge risk if something goes wrong, if they have to shut it down, if a lot of people get infected. God forbid if anybody dies as a result yeah. of it. So um, these are real stakes here. Yeah. You know, This is not just a, a simple, oh, we're just trying to play baseball. There, yep. There's a lot of real world, yeah. real world stakes here. Uh, and they have to all understand the gravity of this. Are they, are they focusing on um, a lot on what's going on with the Korean baseball league? I've been watching. It's fantastic. I might get a Wyverns jersey, but <laughs> are they, are they, they're kind of setting the standard of how to sort of resume. Do you, do you think they're taking that into consideration? Yeah, I think it's no coincidence that you started to hear uh, the, the MLB plans come out, you know, within a week or two after the yeah. Korean league started. They are kind of using that uh, as a guide. Now, the difference is, the state of South Korea as a whole is very yeah, different right now than yeah. the state of America. Yep. And so um, that's something they have to take into consideration. You know, on top of that, that league, I, I'm pretty sure everybody is able to travel by bus. They don't have to fly Interesting. anywhere. So that's a different issue. Um, but yeah, I, it does give hope. Obviously, every yep. single little thing out there, whether it's the German soccer league, whether it's even NASCAR and, and the PGA Tour that are starting up a few things here and there, that all helps. But um, baseball, if this goes through the way that they're talking about, really is going to be the guinea pig. And I, I would not be surprised once it starts and if everybody sees it works, if you start to see all these other leagues say, okay, it can be done. Here's how we do it. Or if there's problems, everyone say, nope, hang on. We're not even going to attempt to do that. We don't want to be in, in that situation. Speaking specifically about the Nationals, which of the international guys do you know are home? That when they do come back, they, maybe there is a quarantining period. That's another two weeks to take into consideration. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Dominican players are all at home. So uh, Juan Soto, Victor yeah. Robles in particular. Um, the Venezuelans, from what I've been told, are the ones that were, for the most part, I don't know if it's 100% of them, but most of them were kept in West Palm Beach. Interesting. So the feeling was that that was a safer situation for them. And so they've been staying in a hotel and the team's been taking care of them throughout. But yeah, you're right in that. Uh, and another reason why uh, this can't just be lie by the seat of your pants. It can't just be all of a sudden, okay, we're ready to go. Let's start tomorrow. There needs to be enough planning time for these guys, uh, for, like you said, the ones who are out of the country yeah. to come back in and do what they need to do. Uh, and really just for all the players who've been trying to keep themselves in shape, but yeah. there's only so much they can do uh, to start ramping themselves up again so that when they get started, because you're talking about a three-week spring training, half the normal time. Uh, so it's going to be a rush job and guys want to feel like they have as much opportunity to prepare as possible because they don't want to risk injury on top of everything else going on. The one thing I've been thinking about that I really haven't been caring to come up, maybe they're just waiting for it to happen, is what about trades? If a player gets traded, there's definitely going to be a two-week incubation period. 
And then if maybe if the player done, does positive, would there be something in the contract that they could rescind it? Is that, is anything about that? I've been thinking about that. No, it's a great point. It's something I've thought about too. You have transactions throughout the course of a season. Um, you know, during this time, everything's frozen. They're not allowed yeah. to make any moves. Yeah. Uh, there is, there does seem to be an understanding that when they begin uh, that the rosters will be expanded so that you can have more than the, the yeah. 26 that they were allowed this year. Plus maybe even a taxi squad of minor leaguers who'd be called up because, you know, again, there's not going to be a minor league season. No, it's not like you can just call up guys from AAA. So when somebody gets hurt, you have guys available, but during the course of a season needs arise teams, uh, figure that, Hey, we need this. We need that. The yeah. nationals have certainly done plenty of that yeah. over the years. What's the mechanism for it? I don't yeah. know. I haven't seen that outlined anywhere. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if MLB says, no, whatever your big league roster and taxi squad is, that's got to be your team. Interesting. Interesting. It's not an ideal scenario. No. It, it, it certainly rewards the team to have more depth than yeah. others, but you never know what might happen. A guy suffers a big injury and all of a sudden you're missing your ACE or your cleanup hitter or something like that. Um, in the interest of public safety, they may have to do that. Or, and I'm just you know throwing something yeah. out here that just occurred to me. If the idea here is that only the East teams play the East teams, the Central, yeah. Central, West, West, maybe you're allowed to make a trade, but only within your own region. That'd be, that'd be wild. That'd be that. That's, wouldn't they want to not trade within their region? Like that's the thing. Like, like the Redskins, you're never trading with the Giants, Cowboys, or Eagles. You see them twice right, a year. So right. like that, 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 that's interesting. And then for even though there's not going to be a minor league season, they call up minor league players all the time. So even though they're not obligated to be playing, do they have to be here? ready if that time comes yeah i think uh, what would happen is they'd be there and actually working out with the team every yeah, game and then just not dressing for the game essentially the only other option would be to have them like at the spring training facility but then you're talking about commercial flights they have to take yep. uh so no i i think you know you could be talking about as many as 40 or 50 players who are all gathered uh in dc and work out with the team and then are just, you know, healthy scratches, I guess is one way to put it, uh, so that they could be, you know, put, put available. One, you put one in each section. I think you are going to see some players in the stands, actually. I do, yeah. in order to help like, the like, social uh, distancing. No, nosebleeds, I can have, you can have yeah. them. <laughs> Hopefully they don't do that to them. But, you know, yeah, I think you are going to see players sitting in the stands. And, and just, we haven't even talked about what, what is the scene going to be like in an empty stadium yeah. Yeah. with no crowd. You're going to hear everything these guys are saying, which could be, fascinating but also might be a little dangerous if they don't want people hearing everything they're saying um there's so much about this that logistically it's hard to wrap your head yeah. around uh and i'm not sure anybody really truly knows what it's going to look or sound like they could have they could keep carter keep him at the bullpen just in case anybody gets thirsty and you can bring him you can bring stuff left and right no but it, it's it's weird and then, and then and then just speaking so hypothetically when baseball does return nats are of course world reigning champions how do you see this season going about well, if this was a normal season, I would say, you know, I think they're pretty well well positioned to, to contend again. But I think one of the big concerns going into spring training was, well, what was the short layoff? What What's the, the effect of that going to be, especially on the pitching staff, those guys who did as much as they did? Can they stay healthy through a whole season again? So in a weird way, this could benefit them. Having the extra time off now, we're not as much worried about Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg and Patrick Corbin's arms. Uh, you're only going to be asking maybe 16 starts out of them instead of 32. Yeah. I think your, uh, you know, the veteran hitters like Ryan Zimmerman, Howie Kendrick, guys who Davey really had to manage and make sure he wasn't playing them too much yeah. 
Well, now they have had some more time off, so you're not asking for as much out of them. And the universal DH, which I'm not a fan of, but if it happens, and I think everyone agrees it will happen, yeah. I think that's going to benefit the Nats as well because uh, now you can have guys like Zimmerman, Kendrick, Cabrera in the lineup, even if they're not in the field. So you sort of get a, a pseudo day off, but still have their bat in the lineup. Um, you know, it, the results of this season are not going to, you can't really look at them the same way you'd look no, at any other because no. of these dramatic yeah. circumstances of it. Um, so it'll be fascinating to see, like, does it play out the way you would normally think? Are the teams that we think of as the best teams actually going to be the best in a shortened season like that? Maybe, maybe not. But on paper, it looks like it might benefit the Nats. Like they might actually be in a good position. They have starting pitching depth, certainly, yep. which helped them. Um, but I don't know. Could this be a bizarre season where – the you Orioles, know, the Orioles, Orioles win the whole thing. O Orioles Pirates World Series. I mean, it, I'm not. I'm sign me up. I'm good. <laughs> no, yeah, but and then and then with the pitchers, since would they isolate the pitchers from the rest of the team just in case of somebody on the team does test positive, just so they because the pitchers because you know you you need them when you, the spot starts. Yeah, that's a good question too. Um, by all accounts, it sounds like they're not necessarily isolating members of the team now that they are going to be encouraging them not to be in close quarters all the Makes time sense. something you may see which is, is kind of going back to like you know little league and high yeah. school days is yeah they may be asking guys to wait to go home and then shower yeah after a game um you you'll probably have boxed meals in the clubhouse instead of um you know the big prepared buffets yeah. that they would eat and things like yeah. that and and i do think you're going to see within the dugout you're going to see fewer people there you're going to see people yeah. spread out among the stands but there's only so much you can do and yeah. if a team is traveling on the road you know maybe they leave a few guys behind who they know are not appearing in that series yeah um but i think they're mostly going to have to and and it, this is the risk of it all there's a lot of steps they can take and i applaud them for being yeah. so thorough in their preparation for this but there is still a risk and it's yep. impossible to completely keep everyone hundred percent safe short of not playing and having everybody stay at home. So if they're going to go through with this, there is going to be some risk. And that's why I think everybody is really curious to know what is the procedure, um, you know, if, and when something does happen and somebody tests positive. How do you think they're going to figure out the whole service years debacle? So that I think the union is adamant that they agreed to getting a full year of service time. And I think MLB understanding all the other issues that are going on may just have to concede that point. Maybe that can be the olive branch that comes from the yeah. league that maybe lets the players accept a little less money. Okay. You get less money, but you know what? You get your full year of service time yeah. because you know, what are they going to do to Mookie Betts? Yeah. Say, no, actually you can't be a free agent next winter. No, um, so I, I think that you will see that. And that's going to benefit a lot of players, not just yeah. the, the free agents, but um, the guys who then will become arbitration yep. eligible as a result. The guys who, you know, the, the interesting question here would be if they have this taxi squad or if you have an expanded roster, do they all get service time? Interesting. Or do the guys who are not officially on the roster not get credit for those days? I, again, this could be an olive branch that MLB extends to say, you know what, everybody gets service time in exchange for some other concession that the players are making. So is, is the thought that there's no, there's going to be no all-star weekend this year? I think probably both for, you know, time purposes, yeah. we don't want to lose any no. of these dates no. they have, but then also if they really are committed to only playing within your own region, then I don't see how all of a sudden you say, okay, we're going to get everybody together for three days 
in LA or wherever it might be to do that. So you could have a bunch, bunch of all-star, uh, three separate like, all-star games, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, so uh, yeah, I, I would think they bag that. And then also, you know, one of the other parts of this proposal is for an expanded uh, wild card format. Interesting. That they've talked about. Um, so instead of just the two teams in one wild card game, there would be, I believe two additional teams per league and you'd end up with three best of three wild card series. Works for me. And the number one seed from the whole league would get a bye all the way to the division series. So basically two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five. They'd each play a three-game series, and then the winners and the number one seed would advance to a division series. I think there's also an understanding there that, you know, in 82 games, maybe the best team doesn't emerge in 82 games. And think about last year for the Nationals. If they only played the first 82 games of the season, I don't think they make the playoffs. That's wild. And they often went on to win the World Series. And something I looked back on a while ago was the um, the strike shortened season of 1981. The strike was in the middle of the season, and they wound up having to have a split season, a first-half champion, a second-half champion. And I think the total number of games played was like 105, 106, something oh. like that. But what actually wound up happening is that you had teams that won their division in one half or the other. But if you took the total season records, they wouldn't have made it. Interesting. And so uh, you, you would even have like a team, that maybe even, I forget who it was now, but the team that maybe had the best record over a full season didn't even qualify for the playoffs. So I think with, you know, all those kind of crazy things in mind, that's why you have to at least say, okay, we have to consider an expanded playoffs here because over 82 games, the best of the best may not actually uh, prove to be true. And then, so what do you think is the absolute latest they can hit the ground running on this? When they could say, "Okay, let's get going." What, do you think they, if 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 the negotiations carry on and we hit July fourth, and they still haven't started this training yet, do you, are you going to be feel a lot more pessimistic about the season? I, I am. I that's pushing it. Um, unless they're willing to play into November, yeah, which is a possibility. Although then you're talking about having to move games to a, a neutral site, a warm weather site. Yeah. somewhere and I don't think they're going to want to do much fewer than 80 games so if you can push back the start of the season I think they have to push back the end of the season so maybe they can get by if they were to start spring training like July 1st and start a season July 20th in that range play into November a little bit maybe have a few more double headers something like that but I, I think that's about as far as they can go and so that's why I really think June 1st is a is an important date for them to have an agreement um, and then it's all up to the state of the country. And, and is it ready for things to go? Uh, if it's not, then you have to start pushing things back. But what you don't want is for everybody to get the green light to proceed, but then the league and the union haven't agreed on it. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. So I think that's why it's a good thing that they've been talking already, trying to get this done. And, and hopefully they recognize that, that the clock is ticking. And uh, if you can, by around June 1st or a few days afterwards, have an agreement in place. Now they can say, okay, everybody pitchers and catchers report June 10th, gives people time to get set up, get their family situated, uh, you know, relocate to where they're going to be going and get started. I think that's the best case scenario. We hope it happens, but there's really, even at this point, no way to know if for sure it will happen. What if they do 35 games and then single elimination all the way to the World Series? (laughs) I mean, I've seen some crazy proposals. I've seen things like just do the round robin tournament and whoever, you know, emerges from that Royal Rumble, gets to be the champion. Um, you know, it'd be, it'd be amazing, it'd be amazing grading. If they, cause it could be like the March Madness we didn't have. You could do it with that, just single elimination all the way up to the top, and then it should be like must-see TV every game. 
Sure. And, and that's why I do think you're seeing everyone is very open-minded to this yeah. and they're willing to do things they would never consider before for the sake of, of having some kind of season. Yeah. And you're right. The ratings are going to be big. That's a yeah. huge motivator of all this, especially when there's no fans in the stands. Um, but I think there are things they could do to have a, a, a special, you know, playoff or round yeah. robin or, or weird kind of season. And yeah. they may have to consider that as a, a fallback. But to me, the only the, the the fewest number of games you can play and ha- and say, hey, this is a real legitimate season that we can look back on and say, okay, that was a real season. I think is about eighty games. Interesting, interesting. Well, this has been awesome, really, really interesting. And uh, for people that don't already follow you on social media, how can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Mark Zuckerman, and that's man, not Berg. Too many people <laughs> get confused with that one. Remember, he runs that other platform. He's not on Facebook. Uh, so Mark Zuckerman on Twitter, online at massinsports.com. Read all the articles. And uh, hopefully I have a lot of baseball to write about soon because I have just about run out of ideas. I've been coming up with stories for the last two months. I'm about out of ideas. So <laughs> I'm really hoping, as long as it's safe, really hoping that there is actual baseball to write about here soon. How many Facebook tweets do you get a day? Uh, I'd say on average about two or three, sometimes it can balloon when he's in the news. Um, you know, it happens from time to time. I, a lot of them I don't share just because it's too much or, yeah. uh, some of them I just get tagged in things. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. <laughs> but, um, usually my rule of thumb is if I can come up with a funny response yeah. in like five seconds, then I'll, I'll put it out there. What's the, what's the most, what's their record for one day? Oh, I had like over a hundred. The, the day that he testified before Congress. Uh, it was, I was completely inundated with it. And um, I decided, you know what, I might as well just embrace this. Yeah. You ever thought well of, have fun with it. You ever thought about changing your picture to his just to throw everybody off? No, 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 no. And, and the first words in my Twitter profile are, I did not invent Facebook. <laughs> and that still doesn't make people realize. Yeah, yeah. But, it's, but yeah, no, yeah, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for protecting me. Thank you for being a